welcome to Run, Build, Grow, the podcast that laces up its running shoes and dives deep into the heart of the communal spirit of running. I'm your host, Andrew Ware, and I'm thrilled to take you on this exhilarating journey where we explore stories that go beyond the pavement. Right here at the top, I'd love to encourage you to help to support this podcast uh, as it continues to grow. I'd love it if you'd go ahead and give this podcast a follow or make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, uh, whatever app you are using, I am hopefully on, uh, or you can find it at communityrunpod.com. And you know, while you are online, it would be so great. Maybe drop by Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave a rating and review, letting others know how much you love this podcast. And then I will read that review if you leave one on the next podcast. And so if you do that, you'll get a shout out. Uh, just let me know that you left one. Make sure to, to share this podcast with your running community because we're all looking to grow on the run and beyond. And if you'd love another way to help support this podcast, if you want to become to help out the Run and Rev Run Club with a monthly donation, head on over. Uh, I've got I'm over on Buy Me a Coffee now, so I've changed over from Patreon. And so if you go to Buy Me a Coffee dot com slash running rev you can either leave a tip you know if you really love this episode and you just want to leave a tip say hey man that was an awesome episode that you had with with uh with john who's about to introduce uh or you want to become a, a member there and do a monthly recurring donation anything to continue to help make this podcasting network happen and so, uh, as I was just saying in this episode, I'm joined by John Lamagda, uh, who's over at Running Etc. in Norfolk. And man, what a great conversation we have here uh, just about this uh, run specialty store scene and, and everything that's going on in it and how this is just like a really great hinge point for running community, uh, both as sort of like an entrance into the running community, but also just as a place of gathering. And so this is a great episode where we kind of break that down a little bit, begin to explore. And, you know, I really want to continue to explore this space. So there might be more coming out about it, um, but let's dive into this episode and let's kind of see what this space looks like. Welcome in, everybody. Today, I'm joined by John LaMagda, who is over at the Running Etc. over in Norfolk, Virginia, here in the Hampton Roads area. John, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, awesome. So, you know, I wanted to invite John on because especially when we think about running community and especially for me, you know, there's this huge connection between running community and then these running specialty stores that kind of pop up. Uh, you know, in our episode with Jerry and Amy, Jerry and Amy talked about, you know, Jerry used to own a running specialty store here in the Hampton Roads area. And so just kind of jumping in here and and finding out more about this community and how it builds. And so, but before we dive into that, where I always love to start to kind of kick this conversation off, John, is, you know, what is your community and then why is your community awesome? Um, So I would say, so I'm a member of the Tidewater Striders. I've done like some Drew Crew runs and some of the Murphy's mm -hmm. runs, but I would say like my running community is the store. I can't tell you how many times people come in they're not even like shopping or, you know, getting anything. They just come in just to hang out and talk about yeah. the rate, talk to us about running, ask questions, especially the beach store because it's pretty close to the park. So people will, you know, get up and do their long run on Saturday. And then, you know, we open up at 10. So they'll just like come on by. We even talked at one point about getting like a couch and a coffee table in the side room is like for people just to. <laughs> but yeah, I would say that's the running community is, 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 um, running, et cetera, itself. 
Yeah. And I mean, I can think of so many times where, you know, I've come by the Norfolk store, you know, right there on Holly and just come in. And I mean, y'all don't have couches. You do have that nice area up there where you do the shoes and everything. And I mean, you'll just sit there and whether it's talking about shoes or talking about upcoming races and it's a really good natural environment for having conversations about running. So how did you yourself get involved with running, et cetera? You know, I mentioned at the top, you know, you're the manager at the Norfolk store, but obviously you didn't start there. So how did we, how did we get to, you know, John LaMagda to the John at running, et cetera? Like, cause that's how we all know you around here. <laughs> okay. Yeah, for, for sure. So I was one of those late runners. I didn't start running until like my third year in college. I, I played I played tennis in high school. wasn't very good. Probably should have taken up running, but I just I didn't discover it. And I was I was working as a, a beach lifeguard at Ocean View, and a couple of the guys that I was old, a couple of the more veteran guards that I was working with were into triathlons. This would have been early nineties. Mm. And they just said, Hey, look, you know, you want, you want to start, you know, doing some ocean swims with us. And then they helped me get my first used bike. So that's how I kind of started, um, getting into like, you know, endurance type events. I kind of started as a triathlete and I kind of, I consider myself at heart still a triathlete, but like running was definitely my best of the three legs. But as far as like coming to running, et cetera, I had always kind of known Mike and Pam as just like a customer, they, they sort of sponsored me. I was, you know, I was doing okay locally. And I, let's see, I would have been 2004 range. I was actually working if, with the Virginia Beach police and Mike approached me and said, Hey, look, you know, cause he had known me by then probably four or five years or longer. And he said, look, I'm thinking about opening up a store at the beach. Would you be interested in coming on? And, you know, I said, well, let me, let me talk to my, my fiance at the time. I said, let me, you know, think about that. And I pondered for about a week and decided to make the jump and, you know, here we go. Gosh, it's been, it's coming up on 20 years later. <laughs> so what's been the the development as you've seen the Hampton Roads running community from the perspective of the run specialty space? So I have definitely seen, so like the, the sport of running overall has definitely changed and evolved when Mike and I talk about how, you know, back, you know, maybe 20 years ago or so, the there weren't as many people running and the overall average times were much faster. So I love to see like the growth of running, especially like the half marathon distance and how many more people are doing it. And it's kind of evolved into more of like, you know, it was before it was definitely more like competitive, um, a lot more like serious people. Now it's, you know, just people out there just enjoying the sport doing it for like the mental and health benefits. So I, I love, I'd love to see like the sport grow as a whole. I mean, you can see like Shamrock coming up and in a few weeks, we'll probably sell out all three races, which is fantastic. But then, and then I've also with that evolution of seeing like the, the evolution of all like the run clubs. So back in 86, when the Norfolk store opened, you know, we, we had like Tuesday, Thursday run groups and, you know, had really good turnouts but then, you know, probably within the last, I'd say like less than 10 years, we've seen all these different like run clubs popping up. I was just talking to Jamie from JNA this morning. She talked about the the run club alley, which we're going to be a part mm-hmm. of at Shamrock. We're going to have all these 
different run clubs out there supporting and cheering the runners. So yeah, I'm, I, I love to see how many how many more people are getting involved in the sport and all the running clubs popping up. So you're at the forefront of of helping folks as they're getting involved in the running community. We've talked about sort of this natural location, this natural premise of of being a central point in the running community. And so as you're looking at these folks who are coming in, you're noticing the elites, right? Or not, I guess, you know, but like the faster folks, but you're also noticing the folks who are, you know, runners, run walkers, walkers. What is it like for you when people are coming into the store and they're asking about running, they're asking about all of these things. What is what is your hope? Like, what do you hope uh, people are getting out of this experience as they're being introduced to running, as they're continuing their journey to running? What does that look like for you from that perspective? That's actually my, like my favorite kind of customer to help because we get so many people like, you know, been running for a while. They, they know what they need. They know what works. They know what model shoe they wear. When we get someone come in and say, you know, I'm brand new to the sport. I've never run before. I want to, I want to try it out. I want to start up, you know, they're, they're just like a, a sponge soaking, soaking in the information. So basically with someone like that, we'll just kind of start from scratch and say, you know, look, for the most part, running is not like the most expensive sport. The only thing you don't want to skip on obviously is footwear, all that other stuff, mm-hmm. the GPS watches and apparel, you know, it's, you can, it's kind of more fluff. So we will talk to them about, you know, footwear and shoes and um, how their feet function. And then we just love to like, just kind of turn them on. We'll say like, you know, where do you live? And if they're in Ocean View, we're talking about OV Run Club or Run OV. If they're like in downtown or Ghent area, there's uh, Amanda does an amazing job with Norfolk Run Club or even mm-hmm. like, you know, like out in Chesapeake. So we, we try to encourage them to, you know, if it fits their schedule to try to get involved with some of the running clubs just for like motivation purposes. But yeah, I love when people come in and they've, they're, you know, may have been athletic, but in a different sport and they're taking up running and you could just see the excitement in them and they do a race or two and then, then they're just hooked. Yeah. And I, and even for, you know, I think about, you know, we were just talking a minute ago and I was talking about, you know, I got my first pair of running shoes from the Virginia Beach running, et cetera, store back in 2004. And and remember just the joy and, you know, the the folks sitting with you and like helping uh, and and being a newbie to run in back then, you know, I didn't know, OK, well, what is the shoe supposed to feel like? I love walking into the store now and just the shoe nerd, the running shoe nerd that I am. You know, I love to try on a bunch of different pairs of shoes. And while the conversation's different, it's still awesome to kind of be there with, you know, whether it's you or one of the other folks who's working at the store that day of, you know, just going through that process and doing things. But I even remember back when I was like getting back into running, you know, it really was that experience because the these running specialty stores that, I mean, they are the, oftentimes they are the gate. Not like not to like say the gates close, like it definitely is open, but it, it it's definitely like the entrance to the running community. Yes. And I think that and that's a very heavy role to play, I think, a lot of times for running stores. And so how do you guys at running, et cetera, balance sort of that with you're a business at the and like to name that, like you're a business at the end of the day, but 
you also provide this such a great opportunity for people to be able to enter the sport or to encourage people in their continuing on in the sport. Because, uh, you know, I'm sure you guys also have become running therapists at times <laughs> <laughs> for folks who are struggling. So so how do you play that role of like you're a you're a for profit business and you're there to at at the end of the day, the bottom line is the bottom line. But also you want to do right by the sport. Yeah, that's a great question, Andrew. I would say, you know, we, we just kind of take the approach where if we, you know, if we have great customer service and look out what's best for the needs of our customers, everything else would just kind of take care of itself. We're definitely not on like the pushy high pressure side. Like I can't tell you how many times someone will come in and we're talking to them about some type of foot or lower leg pain. And I'll, and I'll say, look, I mean, your shoes aren't that old. I can sell you a new pair, but it's probably not the problem. Why don't you try this first? Like, this orthotic mm. or this this compression brace and see and see if that takes care of the problem. And I think people really appreciate that because they they leave and they probably think, you know, that guy probably definitely could have sold me a shoe, but you know, he he was kind of looking out for, you know, what's best for me instead of just trying to, you know, crease the bottom line. Yeah. And I mean it's noticed all over the place in the way you guys interact with folks as well. And and so let's, you know, You've said it. We all know it. Like, what is the most important tool in a runner's arsenal? It is, you know, aside from the physical body, it really is the running shoes. Yeah. Uh, and so why don't why don't you, you know, take our our listeners through, you know, it's hard to say who here is, you know, regular runners. Maybe somebody's listening to this this podcast now and they're like, man, I kind of want to get involved, but I don't know what. So, like, what does this process look like for getting folks into a good well-fitting pair of running shoes. So the, the first thing that we do when someone comes in and they're looking at getting running shoes is we'll just go through like a series of questions. Mm -hmm. Like what are their goals? You know, if, they, if they're like, you know, running 30 minutes, a couple times a week um, versus training, you know, doing three hour runs, training for a marathon, we'll, we'll take that into account in terms of the fit and the type of shoe. And then we'll ask them, you know, like, like, what have they been running in? You know, what type of shoe? And, and, and a lot of times they'll say, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just now starting. We'll say, okay, that's fine. And then we'll ask them a little bit about what type of surfaces they're running on. If it's treadmill or trails or streets and sidewalks, for the most part around here, it's going to be, you know, concrete and asphalt. Mm -hmm. And then we'll ask them like, you know, currently, do you have any, anything, any red flags? Are you having any like lower leg or foot pain or is anything that I should be aware of? So after we ask them a series of questions, then what we like to do is have them take their shoes off. And we like to look at their arch. Like, do they have a real high arch? Are they flat footed, like medium arch? And we have like little charts and stuff in the store that we can kind of show them. And then after that, we, we like to actually like watch them run first without shoes and basically, we're just kind of looking to see like what their foot does when they land. Some people mm. have like more flexibility in their feet and ankles. And when they land, they kind of collapse and roll in to absorb the impact. Some people have like real rigid feet and ankles and they, you know, um, they kind of stay to the outside, which is what we call like supination or sometimes it's referred to as under pronation versus over pronation, which is inward roll. And then we'll also it, it's also helpful, too, if we can look at the wear pattern 
of of their of their current running shoes and if they if they've had like some use on them because we can look at that and say it looks like you're more like a midfoot striker he looks like you're more a little bit more heel to toe and then from there we don't really recommend we don't really push any particular brand what we like to have people do is try different brands and see what kind of fits best to them so we recommend more of like a type of shoe like whether it's a neutral shoe or a stability shoe, which you 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 can think of as more of a corrective shoe, mm-hmm. and then you know what we like to do is just start having them try like at least five, six, seven different brands, and say they're trying some brands on, and like you know Brooks are kind of feeling the best, then we might bring out some other Brooks models for them to compare with. And I think there's this idea that because the running shoe is such an important part of of what a runner does. You know, you and I both know like so many injuries pop up from just the wrong pair of running shoes or the way a person runs can can really determine, you know, if this shoe works better. I came in once I bought a pair of Bondies, Hoka Bondies, just trying to get because, you know, I think I was I think I was talking to Carol and it was like, you know, I'm doing so many miles now that, you know, the the Brooks Ghost, I was just tearing up the bottom of my feet like they were so sore and I needed yeah. something with more comfort. Right. And so. You know, go to Hoka's. I mean, gosh, it's, it's like so much foam on the bottom of those. And I came back and I told her, I'm like, I'm like, these did not like I'm getting this really bad, you know, blister on the inside of my foot. And she's like, oh, yeah, sure. that's right. They have that. They have that high sidewall. And so whether you're a new runner or you're like a, a veteran runner, there's this idea that like your motivation can be dependent on your running shoe. And so the attentiveness that you put in that process can really be huge. And so, you know, now I kind of want to know, you know, that's maybe how you treat like a, a a new running shoe customer. And, and it's honestly, a lot of times when we run, we get a little big headed and I try not to do it as much. I really want to be attentive to it, but how often are you encouraging those runners who are, you know, they're, they're steadfast, right? I have been wearing this shoe for the better part of a decade. And, and what's that process look like for them? Because that's a completely different conversation. Yeah, you know, certain brands do fit some people's feet better than others, and they're just going to tend to work better just the way that manufacturer designs their shoes. Um, but, you know, we always tell people that, you know, say they, they're in a certain, like say the Brooks Ghost, we always tell people the models are always going to change and update anyway. So, you know, just just be open you know, looking at others and just seeing how they feel. And, you know, sometimes when they update models, they're just like small tweaks and they're they're very similar. And sometimes it's like a complete overhaul. And like you said, like, you know, in, in the store, we have like the space to run and we have the treadmill in the back. Yeah. But it, it's hard to get a, a feel for a shoe and how it's going to do like in the store, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to, you know, going out for like a five or six mile run. So the brands that we work with, they understand that people that are getting shoes from us are just using them as like a lifestyle fashion casual shoe. So they understand yeah. that, you know, we're going to have maybe a slightly higher percentage of like return shoes versus like a foot lock or something like that. So that's why, you know, we we're, we're, we're pretty, you know, liberal return policy. You know, if, if, if a shoe's not working for you, you know, we, we don't want people to feel like they're stuck with it. Yeah. Yeah, is it you all or run or a uh, point two that have a mileage based return policy? We have more like a like a day policy. Like we, we have like a ninety day. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So yeah, yeah, what yeah. we do is we just sort of match what like 
the brands put on their websites, you know, like if it's 30 days yeah. or 60 days. So we don't really have like a, like a, like a mileage type thing. It's more days, but at the same time, yeah. like we tell people like, look, you know, we'll work with you, but there are some people, uh, <laughs> I hate to say this, but you know, do oh, try to take advantage. And, you know, cause in, if you're running, if you're training for a marathon in 90 days, you know, you can put easily 300, 400 plus miles on a shoe. So sometimes we kind of have to, you know, sort of take it on a case by case basis. Yeah. And say, you know, Hey, look, we don't, we don't want to, you know, we don't, we don't want it to be abused. <laughs> no, I remember, I, I feel like I remember some running store that has like a, an X amount of miles return policy. And I remember asking them like, how do you know that they yeah. run like, X amount of miles. And the person just looked and I, I would assume that this person had been working there for a while, working in the running industry for a while. And they're like, we know. But and and, and again, it, it you know, you, we talk about the running store as sort of that entrance to the run community. It's that it's that front door. It's that entrance. You're coming in. You're getting the first glimpse. You talk about being involved and being a space and a place where people can come. They can gather. They can collect together. You know, especially at, at the Norfolk store, which I, you know, for listeners, I reference the Norfolk store. It's closest to where I live, and so it's it's the primary running store that I use. There are other running stores in Hampton Roads that I go to as well. Just full disclosure, you know, when I was in when I was in Richmond, I love you know I had my I had my stock running store that I always went to, and so you know you walk in these running stores and you just you have information like there's just a ton of information about all of these local groups, all these local clubs and John, and I'm getting that correct, right? You're, you're the manager of the Norfolk store, right? Yes. Yeah. And so now I kind of want to switch into that, that sort of manager mode of you're bringing in employees into this space that almost has become this sacred space for runners as they're, you know, interacting with the running community. And so for our runners out there who are using these specialized running stores, you know, what's what's the process that you're going through when you're training new people, new employees, when you're looking at the landscape of of new things that you're doing in the store, of of how you're breaking down, you know, all of these different aspects. What are those things that you're doing as a manager of a running specialty store that is that really is honestly, like in my honest opinion, focused on the community? That's a really good question. So like one thing that you know we try to encourage our staff to do is to actually use the products we sell and being seen at races and, and group runs and different types of events, I really think makes a difference. Like if somebody comes in and, you know, drops like two or three hundred dollars on a whole bunch of gear and then they, they see me a week later, you know, at, you know, like a weekend 5K, they're like, oh, man, that's the guy that helped me out. And he's, you know, he, here he is doing this as well. Uh-huh. So with most most of our staff, we we, we just we try to encourage like, you know, you don't have to like race every weekend, but you know, like for example, like Andrew Hoffer is getting ready for yep. um, one city marathon in a couple of weeks. We, uh, one of our, uh, most, she mostly works at the beach store, but Emily just ran that. I think it was like JFK. There was a 50 K last weekend. I'm not an ultra runner. Oh yeah. 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 The JFK 50 K. That's that. yeah. Yeah. So it really helps when you're, when you're talking to people and, yeah, granted, we're, like you said, we're selling gear. We're, you know, at the end of the day, we got to pay the bills. But when we can tell people like, you know, I really like this, you know, hydration vest for this reason. I like this, like, you know, Garmin watch because it has these features. We're able to, you know, we're actually using the things we sell. So it gives you like a better idea. And as far as like the training side, 
usually what we do for, for new hires, and I, before I go any farther, I promise that by saying we have, you know, fairly low turnover for the most part. Like you've seen some of the same yeah. people when you come yep. in that have been there forever. Like, like Jonathan Harris, you know, he's, he's the cross country and track coach at Granby high school. So he's yeah. embedded into the community that way. So as far as the training process, we, we kind of just, you know, talk to them about like the fitting process. And then typically what we'll do is have them shadow someone with more experience and just kind of like, you know, listen and see how we fit somebody. And then we'll, we'll do that for a week or so. And then we'll kind of turn the tables and say, okay, now I'm going to step back and you're going to fit this person. And I'm just going to like, you know, just listen to everything, what you say, what, what, what you, what you're looking at when they run. And then afterwards, when the person leaves, we kind of go back and say, okay, this, this was, you know, you did this really well, this you may have, you know, you could have pulled out this shoe and then, you know, once we feel comfortable, we, we just kind of let them on their own. And as far as training goes as well, we will have some sessions with, a, with some of our reps. Um, they'll come in and we'll, we'll have like a sort of like a, like a staff type meeting and they will just kind of go over like some, some new technology and just kind of train us, train us just so we stay in like up to date with like the latest and greatest. I think. From a member of the running community, you know, a lot of that work is seen and understood because we do see it's it's not just, you know, you go to the running store. It's you know, it's it's weird. It's not like you go to you go to Dick's Sporting Goods, you know, you go back to the shoe section, you buy a shoe, you know, and this is not smashing on Dick's, but, you know, maybe somebody's working the shoe section. But for the most part, you're probably like trying to find someone. You're probably just getting the shoe that you want. It's not a big like try on process. But then also like you're seeing these people around. And so, you know, you and I were talking, you know, we've got especially here in Hampton Roads. And as you know, listeners, as you're listening to this, you know, we're only like a couple of weeks from Shamrock is it's a really big weekend. And so what do you all see as your role in that, you know, run race event space like i mean there is always a running etc tent right or a or a point like for here in hampton roads or a point two tent which is the other yeah. big kind of running store running specialty store around here but there's always a tent for one of the running stores and so you know you talk about being visible in the community so so what like what is the importance behind that just beyond you know whether it is you know, handing out information to buy again, like it, it does. Unfortunately, it boils back down to that bottom line. But especially for you all and running specialty stores, it's so much more than that. You know, we kind of joke around because, like in traditional retail, January is a, a you know a pretty slow month for the most part because you have like Christmas and everyone chopping. But with for us, with Shamrock right around the corner, it doesn't really let up. Yeah, <laughs> we have so many people that are you know, doing the half or the AK or the full. So we definitely, we tell Jerry all the time, like we benefit from seeing like his, his race production company grow. We definitely see that, that spillover. But as far as involvement, I mean, we, you know, as you've probably seen, we, we, we sponsor all like the pace teams. Mm-hmm. We provide all the pacers. We're going to be out at the JNA's doing a community run on Saturday, March 2nd at a Murphy's. Uh, so we'll be there for that and we'll, you know, just basically just being seen. And, you know, we enjoy, we don't even think of it as work because we enjoy it anyway, because, you know, a lot of times we're just going out there, hanging out, visiting, and then just getting our run in anyway. 
Yeah. And then also there's, we're going to be also part of that. We talked about that run club alley at Shamrock, that stretch of all the different run clubs being out there. And we'll also have our pacers out at the expo, you know, just kind of like talking to people, answering questions. So yeah, we, we, we definitely like to try to be like, like Shamrock's like the big race of the year for this area. And we like to be involved in it as much as we can. And I'm really, like, I'm excited for this, you know, this new 10 miler that um, came out last year that kind of took the place um, of the rock and roll half on Labor Day weekend. Yep. I'm interested. I'm hoping to see that race, like, you know, grow and get bigger as well. Maybe not ever like rock and roll was, but hopefully close. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I think that there's this, this hope, within especially here in Hampton Roads of of being able to connect more with this community around here in terms of running. I mean, you see, you know, whether it's Jerry and Amy with JNA or you see Tidewater Striders or, you know, Peninsula Track or Colonial Ro- I mean, they're they're really out there trying to build up this community. And I think the question that we continue to ask is like, what does that accessibility standpoint look like? the run stores just feel so primed to be right at the front end of that accessibility standpoint of being able to offer something for those runners that are coming in, those runners who are still a part of the community. And so as you continue to go forward, I mean, you talked early on about like the Virginia beach store is probably a little bit more, probably a little better for something like couches in the space. It's it's already (laughs) a little, it's already a little tight in the Norfolk store. If if I'm being honest sometimes. But as you look forward and you continue to think about, you know, these run specialty stores and the role that they're playing in the Hampton Roads running community, especially. And again, like right now, I am, you know, very much in the Hampton Roads running community. But for folks who are listening outside, find your run specialty store. But like, what is your hope for what this run specialty store space can continue to become? You know, I I, I think that we're definitely on the right track. We I guess I just want to see it can continue to grow and get bigger and like seeing more like running clubs pop, pop up and see the the run groups, you know, I I love seeing like the pictures of these run groups and the turnouts that they're getting. So I guess the main thing I would just, I just want to see it just kind of not fizzle out. I mean, running is, is so, is so popular right now, just about every weekend around here, there's something going on in terms of a, you know, a 5k or a 10k or something even longer. So, yeah, I guess the main thing I just I just I think we're on the right track and I just I don't I don't want to see it slow down. Yeah, I I wrote about it back a while ago and I want to say it was on something that I sent to 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 JNA or I might have published it myself. I can't remember. But, you know, I talked about the the Hampton Roads that I left and the Hampton Roads that I came back to in terms of running. And, you know, like I said, you know, from buying my first pair of Brooks Adrenalines, still remember it. I wore those things forever. (laughs) Um, Brooks Adrenaline's in, in 2004, and then all the way to, you know, man, now 20 years later to see where it's come to now, where, you know, when I was a kid, it was Salem high school cross country and, you know, what Tidewater Striders new energy. And then it's like, you know, you get involved, you you get your shoes from rain, et cetera. And I mean, I lived in Virginia beach. So like, I don't even think there was point two back then, but like, the peninsula was, it was not an option. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I, I, I love that that continues to be the site of, you know, even though we look and we see just this exponential growth that has happened, it's still this mindset of, you know, how are we still reaching out? How are we still helping to connect folks? How are we getting that word out there? And so, 
you know, moving forward into this space, it almost it feels like you've created like something that's easy, but also like very difficult at the same time. And so, you know, I guess like the last question that I want to explore before I kind of move to this end of podcast stuff is like, what is that? What does that feel like? Because I mean, again, like you've put yourself in this situation to play this role. And now folks definitely are looking at running, et cetera, to be sort of that position to continue to, to drive community. I mean, what are y'all continuing to do or, or, or even how does that, you know, does that, does that add pressure to like what you guys are doing at running, et cetera? You know, it is pressure, but we love it and embrace it. <laughs> you mentioned new energy. And I think that, you know, like that's really the key is like, you know, like, like, like my, neither one of my kids I have an older son who ran and stuff in high school and college and then two younger kids. Neither one of them liked running. You know, they run a couple um, of one mile races, which is fine. Yeah. But you know, I certainly, you know, not going to push anything on them, but just like exposing them to it. My hope is that like one day when they get older, you know, I want them to be like healthy and happy and well adjusted. And, you know, they'll have those memories of like running a little bit and then they'll do it just, you know, they don't have to run a race in their life. But, you know, just just trying to just, you know, be part of a healthy lifestyle, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. And we definitely saw like a huge increase from the pandemic because, you know, like when the gyms were closed, the roads are always open. Right. Yeah. We saw all these people that were taking up running and walking because it really wasn't anything else to do. And, you know, they I think they're still doing it. I think that they they started up and you know, everything opened back up again, but they, they, they started running and they found out they liked it and they enjoyed it. And then they're just, they're still out there. So, I mean, I guess, you know, we love being involved with the community in any way we can. And running is just, it's so easy to do just from a practical standpoint. Like I, I like to do a lot of cycling and swimming as well, but there's nothing like, hey, you just got to like put your shoes on and you're out the door as opposed to like getting to a pool or, you know, with around here with cycling, you really have to like time it when you go. This is definitely like a lot more planning and, you know, trying to avoid traffic and stuff like that. I live over by Botanical Gardens. And if I don't get out, you know, before probably eight o'clock, then I'm just going to be dealing with a lot of stopping and lights and things like oh, that. Yeah. So I think, you know, what, what's making running like so, so popular is just the simplicity and the practicality of it. And, you know, just, you know, you don't need a ton of equipment and gear like we kind of touched on earlier. Yeah. I mean, I, I often say like running can be an expensive sport, right? It can be, you know, if you start adding up all the things that we runners love, you know, once you get like the the high tech gear, the, the you know, shoes, the watch, the all that stuff, like it can be yeah. expensive, but it really, but then again, it also boils down to, you know, a good pair of shoes and out the front door. And I know that you all at Ryan, et cetera, are doing a lot of work with both Tidewater Striders here and JNA to, you know, make it accessible for a lot of folks around the area to make sure that people can just, you know, afford that basic thing to, to make this sport accessible. And to wrap it all back around to that community perspective, you know, if you got couches in there, like, I mean, you know, how, how, how much more awesome would that be? But even if yeah. it is just... <laughs> You know, for listeners, it can take, you know, 20, 30, 40 minutes sometimes to like get well fitted for a pair of running shoes. And you think about the conversations that can happen in that time. Like you said, your employees are almost treating these people like 
for at least for this bit of time, they're like their coach, right? All right, what are your goals? Like, what are you trying yeah. to run? I want to say that like when I, you know, started doing halves and stuff like that and I sat down trying to find like a really good half marathon shoe and it was, you know, all right, well, here's some good, you know, some of the carbon plated stuff and things like that. And so it really is and and taking the time to do that. And I think we can see how these stores, they just become such a central point in the community because, you know, once people get in there, that becomes their experience. And then their experience of community can stem off of that from there. So it's it's amazing work. So let's let's hit these. I got a few end of podcast questions that I love to to get fo- to hear from folks. So what is your favorite race distance, your favorite distance to run? I'd probably say, I'd say 10K. I like the 10K. The 10K distance? Okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, that one's fun. That one's fun. Uh, that was, that was, it's a good one. I mean, I've run some marathons and a lot of halves, but I've never considered myself like a long distance, you know, like a marathon. I don't consider myself a marathon or let's put it that way. I feel like the 10K is like my distance where like, if I really want to challenge my speed, like I enter a 10K because I feel like the 5K is too, it's getting, it's getting to be a point where it's too fast for me, but I, 10K is like a good distance. Like I really want to test my, my speed. All right. What is, what is the favorite, what is your most favorite race that you've ever run? Like it, I mean, it could just be like a standard, like I love to run this race and I do it every year or like, you know, the 2002 X race. Like, I don't know. Hmm. There's so many, if I was to pick just one. So I would say, I would say it's the Elizabeth river 10K. Okay. Cause when, when I first started running, it was still the old course, which, you know, started on Hampton Boulevard by the staff college and finished in downtown. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you remember hearing stories about that. No. Yeah. I hear there's a lot of controversy about the new course. <laughs> yeah. So that was a point to point and it ran, they must've run that same course forever. And at one point it was, it was one of the biggest 10 Ks on the East coast, you know, like, yeah. you know, elite field prize money. And it was just, it was always in the spring. And I just, I loved like, you know, just the atmosphere of that race, just kind of, you know, starting in one place, finishing at the other. And I, I ran some pretty good, some pretty good times there. And then when I moved to Portsmouth, I still did it, but it just wasn't quite the same. But I think Thomas and the Striders have done an amazing job, you know, getting it back over to Norfolk. I know there's been some stuff going on with the dates and it's not the same course um, when it came back to Norfolk a couple of years ago, but it's still, it's, it's still, you know, re- reminds me of that original course. I'd say that's probably like my favorite race is the Elizabeth River 10K, more so the original one, but I, you know, I, I like this new course as well. Nice. So what is your favorite pre-race meal? So I typically, I'm not a big breakfast eater. So if I'm just doing like a 10K and down, it's generally just going to be like something light. Like I'll drink some, you know, I'm, I'm a big, definitely like caffeine is my, is my jam. So <laughs> I'll, I'll drink like some coffee and then maybe like a bagel with like some peanut butter on it. Try to get, you know, a little bit of protein and fat in there. Now, if it's like a, like before a long run, I, I love like oatmeal. It just, mm-hmm. I think it just kind of sticks with you and I think it's a great fuel. Um, so if I was to do like a half marathon or a marathon, I would say oatmeal or like, you know, like a, like a bag or something like that, but generally not like anything um, too heavy. Okay. Nice. And then last, and we've got the, we've got the running shoe guy on here. So but what is for, and this is where I like to remind people, everybody's foot is different. Okay. So just because John manages a running store does not mean you need to go out and get the shoe that John uses, but John, you're going out just easy run, 
getting getting in an easy 10 or something like that. What is your go-to running shoe? What are you putting on your feet? Ooh, if I was to pick just one, you know, I got to say it's that that endorphin speed. You know, the four is getting ready to come out, but I love the, the, the original, the two, the three. I just think it's just a, it's a great all-around shoe. You can, you can do a long run in it. You can pick up the pace and work on some turnover. You can even race in it. I feel like it's you know, snappy enough. So I I like that shoe a lot. And I'm excited about the four coming out here soon. Nice. Yeah, John, I, I imagine y'all get some sneak peeks when new shoes come out, right? <laughs> yeah, we usually see a shoe, like a sample, six to seven months before it actually comes out so we can decide like how heavy we're going to book it, things like that. But yeah. you know, going back to the endorphin speed, like that whole endorphin here, like I, I have the endorphin pros as well. I love those. I love those too. But like, I would say just if I was to pick one, if you were to like, you know, put me in a corner, I, I'd go with the the speed three. Nice. Nice. The endorphin pro is my, is my race shoe. That's the yeah. shoe I've been doing all my races in. So I, I mean, I love that line. I, I often say about the endorphin line, like they're good like speed shoes but they feel like your regular trainers they do and so it's very easy to like get comfortable in them because they're it, it they don't feel like these like super shoes that you know like nike and and some of these other brands have where it's just like such a weird stack height and, and all this stuff but it's just feels like a regular shoe <laughs> it does yeah it, so it's good all around shoe very versatile yeah definitely definitely all right, John, thank you so much for coming on. This has been great. Great having you on. You have a good day. All right. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yep. All right. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. And remember, make every mile count.